This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays, back once more, and man, do we have a series here in the Eastern Conference Finals. The Celtics take Game 5 on Thursday night to pull up in 3-2 of the Heat as they head back to Miami for, uh, could be a do-or-die Game 6 for the Miami Heat. This episode of the Winning Place Podcast is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. Head on over to FanDuel.com slash Boston to get your first no-sweat first bet. My name is Ryan Robb, joined by Ryan Bernadoni at DangerCard on Twitter. Ryan, you've been pretty big on this series on the three-point shot being close to, not all that matters for Celtics, but pretty close to it. Um, how, how fulfilled do you feel after seeing... <laughs> the uh the role reversal in these last two games uh from the Celtics and Heat perspective yeah not just the, from the Celtics side right it's both sides just yep. it's it's the nature of the game right now it's but it's even more the nature of the Celtics game than than just about anybody else um and we saw you know it's sort of shaping up where the the story of the series is the game that we probably talk about the least which is game 2 uh the other four games now have all been like well the Heat deeper three and the Celtics shoot 30% then the Heat are going to win and if the Celtics shoot 40% from three then the Celtics are going to win and then you have this last game that sort of set this up as being 3-2 Heat and and the Celtics having to make the comeback instead of the other way around where it's like and then you have the game where the Celtics were just idiots and threw the game away and we've talked so many times over the last couple of years about how when you do that you open yourself up to all the the vagaries of shooting variants and things like that where like the Celtics can win a series against the Heat where the Heat have two games where they shoot 50% from three. Can they win a series where they have two of those games and then the Celtics give away a third game? That's what we have yet to discover yet. Uh, the fact that they've made it to game six, it just shows that like when when the two teams, yesterday was a case where the two teams sort of shooting wasn't a factor. Both teams shot about the same for the game. The, the Celtics started off hot and then cooled off a little bit. They had built up the lead. But they were both sort of like 50 percent field goal, forty percent three until you got into garbage. <laughs> Yesterday was just like a possessions game. The Celtics are just bigger and faster and more physical and healthier, and and so they were able to to you know take that early lead and then and then control the game. But yeah, three point shooting just like it continues to be the biggest thing for basically every Celtics game this year, and and certainly carried into the playoffs. So. Two more games in this series to see if they can keep it up. All right. So we I think we do have to start. I mean, with last night and honestly looking forward in this series right now, the Gabe Vincent situation, which this guy has turned from, you know, he was in he played last year in the conference finals. It was kind of more of an afterthought in that series. Uh this year he's been easily the Heat's what, like third, fourth best player? and a huge factor defensively for them. Um, he's out last night. They start Kyle Lowry, or the artist formerly known as Kyle Lowry, who gave them absolutely nothing. And now um, you assume that he's going to try to give it a go in game six. But my question is, can I don't know if the Heat can win this series, not, I mean, without Lowry looking, I mean, without Vincent looking maybe, 85 90% because the supporting cast on the heat around Butler and Bam etc gets pretty weak pretty fast when you take him out of the equation 
Yeah, so they the fact that they're one game away means that they can win the series because, you know, Duncan Robinson and Max Struess could go 12 for 17 for three and sure. game six and then, then the, the series is over, which again is like, that's the problem with throwing away game two and you just, you leave yourself open to all these things. But I mean, the amazing thing is that for all that Lowry was terrible yesterday, it seems, he played 30 minutes and they were, he was the best plus minus of all their starters. <laughs> when he's off the floor, they they just can't run the offense. Now, they continue to ridiculous that we talked about in the first three games it's like oh everybody just wants to say that they're getting better shots and that they're uh and that the celtics aren't working hard enough and that they're they're moving the ball and heat are moving the ball and getting these open shots and everything but like by every reasonable shot quality metric the heat did not get better shots in the first three games in the celtics they just made everything and they actually kind of did that again yesterday like they shot really well on a difficult Duncan robinson in some of those yeah, it's just every week, you know, Highsmith was, and Caleb Martin continues to to make shots. It's just like, at some level, they need a point guard <laughs> to get the offense set up. And even if it's Kyle Lowry, who's not, you know, nowhere close to the player that he was, he now he could have one more game in him that that wins the series as well. There are a lot of ways that they could, could get through the series, but like no hero and no Vincent. And Kyle Lowry you know, when he's on the floor looks bad, but it sort of keeps him in when he's off the floor. Jimmy Butler has to play point guard. And as we've seen Jason Tate in clutch situations where he's trying to, to masquerade as a point guard, and instead of letting the point guards play point guard, like it's just really hard to run an offense with your player with all of the focus on them, 35 feet from the hoop at the top of the key, trying to set up the offense and just trying to get things going. And then also being able to go and find their spot where they can get the shots off. And so, yeah, Gabe Vincent coming back, even at 70% might be sort of a savior for them just so they have two point guards and they can have a point guard on the floor the entire game. Cause that's what you saw last night is like, they just were turning the ball over. They were making difficult shots, but every shot was difficult that they were getting in those, particularly in those minutes where they just had like nobody on the floor to, to set up the offense. Uh, so yeah, the return and status of Gabe Vincent seems like kind of a huge story uh, heading into to game six. It's, it's a situation now where with, this like as this series has progressed and we like you mentioned the game two will be the game that everyone looks at if if the heat go and win game six as as you know a time where the Celtics just didn't have the right personnel on the floor in the fourth quarter and that ultimately cost them the game here but to Joe Mazzulla's credit it's taken a while but I think he's he's figured some things out here and and the players I think have figured some things out too like from the right rotations to having the the timeout usage, I think, has been very strong in the last couple of games. Um, riding strong with Derek White and Grant Williams, which was not done enough uh, throughout much of this playoffs and particularly now. I mean, Derek White is he's shooting 58 percent from three in this series, and that's clearly not sustainable over the long term. But these are wide open looks over after wide open looks, and he's been a much better three point shooter this year in general. And the like Jimmy Butler's tricks aren't working as much now. They're playing more discipline there. They're playing, you know, they're getting into Bam's like airspace more, causing him to for make a lot of turnovers in these last couple of games, I feel like. And so I don't know if Eric Spolstra, like there's gonna be some tricks, I think, up his sleeve. I wouldn't surprise me if like Hayward Heisman or something like that starts game six in place of love. Just well, it's gotta to, be like, Caleb Martin, right? 
that's got to be who they go to to start. I would I don't, like, but he love. I feel like Caleb Martin for them is like Malcolm Brogdon off the bench for the Celtics. I don't know. Like you're right. He's got to like, play he, forty minutes be. though. That's the thing. Like he, yeah, he well, may have to literally play forty minutes, and so you just kind of have to start him if you're going to get him there. Yeah, that's a good point. Like if they just play, hey, we're going to start our best five and ride these guys in the ground because that's because we know we need this game. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's adjustment wise from Spolstra for six. Like what? What do you see him trying either with or without Vincent, you know, beyond, you know, taking Kevin Love out of that starting five? I mean, for their from their perspective, I don't know if there's any more that they can really do. They just don't have a very deep roster. Uh, so, yeah, you can move Caleb Martin up. And if Vincent can play, then obviously he'll come back in. But if you're in a position where you have one one healthy point guard on the roster, like this is where Hero being injured and out for the whole basically the whole playoffs and it sort of feeling like he's not a part of the part of the conversation, a part of the team. Uh, really hurts them obviously because he would be the other guard who would you know who would be playing um so i don't you know there's not a lot of great options like what are they going to play yurtsevin instead of zeller like there's nothing out there that, <laughs> that's that's really there to go to they highsmith being able to play most of the game yesterday and, and making shots means that yeah you expect that he'll he'll play a little bit more going here uh, i would obviously be playing him over kevin love i would be playing duncan robinson over kevin love like i don't know if kevin love can really play at all at this point in the series certainly not not as a starter um so they can make that adjustment it's just like the celtics even without brogdon or being you know being very limited with him they just have a lot more weapons and a lot more places to go which is of course why they should have won the series easily from the start instead of having this this whole first three games of like throw a game away and get shot out of the building twice and suddenly this series that should not be this close like this is why this is why sports are sports. Why you don't go seriously that the Celtics are going to win 100% of the time. Like you look at it and you say, well, if they if the Heat shoot really well for two weeks, then they could win the series. And like that's kind of what is what has happened. But you do then get to a point with them where it's like they don't really have a lot of buttons to push. Like they've already they threw a lot of stuff early in the series in terms of like zones and traps and things like that that are just sort of on court tactical stuff in terms of who they're going to be playing. I mean, I think you're now down to. Vincent or not, but then Butler out of bio, Struce, I guess you have to play Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Highsmith, and Caleb Martin. And it's like, okay, well, that's seven guys. And that's or eight guys, I guess, if you're counting Highsmith. It's just there's just not a lot to work with there. Um and and so yeah, I mean, that's how you get to where you are, right? Um Missoula has a lot, a lot more options which has sometimes been part of the challenge probably and you know trying to figure out where to get grant williams with the other guys and things like that where there's just a lot more choices to make there uh, uh but obviously it's you take a lot of shots and everything looks great you miss a lot of shots everything looks terrible um i don't mean to continually go back to that but uh what happens if the celtics start one for eight from three eight in, in game six does do they continue to, to play the same way do they panic and play five guys for 46 minutes like how, how do they respond to that well Maybe we'll find out. <laughs> Maybe they'll open up on fire again and, and they'll just roll through the game. It's um but you know, like I said, they they have a lot more a lot more choices to make than than Spolster does. That's true. And I mean I guess the only interesting choice I feel like I feel like in this series now, or at least in the last couple of games, Grant Williams becoming the true second big. I think the usage between him and Rob Williams, I think they're trying to protect Rob a little bit more and maximizes efficiency um particularly like making sure he's in there and against the non-bam minutes and um i mean it's obviously he got 
it was a lot easier for him defensively last night when there's Lowry, like you said, is the only point guard on the floor. But I wonder now, heading into game six, Malcolm Brogdon, he's missed 10 straight shots. His arm is dealing with a tendon issue. Um, And so what do you do heading into on the road if you're Joe Mazzula there? Do you you just play seven um, with Grant and Rob coming off the bench? Literally just go with that group. Do you give Pritchard or Hauser a shot to be that eighth guy for, you know, a stint in the second, in the first half there, see what they have. Um, I'm curious to see how they play it. Or do you try Brockton again and you give him more chances, which in my opinion is, I think we're, we're beyond that point given that he is not a net positive defensively for this group. Yeah. If Brogdon is out, then I think they probably give Pritchard another opportunity in the first half. Uh, now, if the game's getting away from them and they're chasing, you know, things change based on what's happening on, on the floor. Um, if Brogdon is available, I imagine that he'll be given another chance to play, but like the has to be incredibly short and, and he has to be honest with the team as well. Right. It's very, that's difficult. the biggest thing right now. I feel like very difficult for him. I completely understand. You want to play through it. We've seen this in the past with Gordon Hayward coming back in, in, uh, in playoff situations or Kemba where it's just like, guys, we get it. But like, I appreciate it as a fan, but you can't play um, and it sucks, but you, you just, you can't. Uh, so if he's not feeling like he can shoot the ball, then he should tell them that and then, and then not be put on the floor. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you cut down from there. And, and like I said, I think you, they probably give Pritchard one, you know, a, a few minutes in the first half and who knows, he may make go two for two from three and great. Like it works out. Uh, if not, they cut it down again. And, and the good thing is that with white and smart playing so well, in some of these games, it's like you can just run them a lot of minutes and just have that be be the guys that you rely on here. Um, and particularly on the road where, right, traditionally you think of, well, who knows what the Celtics maybe it's the it's the reverse, but, but you know, role players <laughs> playing down at home, the road, all that stuff. And you have guys with some experience there that you can rely on. The other funny thing is that Grant Williams finally gets back fully into the rotation. He's a minus nine last night. He's right. he can't, you know, misses the shots, feels like maybe the least effective of all the Celtics players who are out there. Although a lot of that is just because he didn't start and they they got off to such a roll and took that lead early in the game where it's like that was never going to continue at that pace. But um, yeah, it's it feels like with Brogdon probably sidelined now that it's like, OK, a little bit of Peyton Pritchard and then just rely heavily on on smart and white and make sure you have one of them on the floor all the time um, and and just kind of roll with with the bigs from there and then figure it out all again Uh for game seven, if, if you make it through it. You brought up the guard. I mean, it's worth talking about what they did in game five. I mean, Tatum flat out told us after the game that, you know, they they won the game because of them. And White has been, had a really, you know, he had a little bit of a blip during the Sixers series. He obviously, they took him out of the starting five. Offensively, that wasn't a good lineup for them against that team. But now between the Hawks series and this performance against the Heat, like he is, I think, surpassing expectations as far as what he can do offensively. And I think even defensively last night against Butler and and company, he, you know, he's had some tough moments there in this series, but I think he's really hungered down well and become a even, you know, the guy we thought during the regular season on that end of the floor in, in these spots of late. 47 points on 23 field goal attempts between the two of them and some fields, you know, some free throws in there, but they were just, great on that end and then you go down the other end you're like and seven steals 
right. between between the two of them. Uh, they absolutely were the controlling factor in the game. And now you, if you're a Heat fan, you have to look at it from the other side and say, well, yeah, we're they're missing their starting backcourt, right? Like they don't have Gabe Vincent and Tyler Hero, so um, it's an opportunity for them to to control the game. And then, like we've talked about on both sides of the equation here. Any team, anybody, any pairing that goes 10 for 14 from three is going to look amazing. No matter who you're playing against, no matter how open your shots are, the fact that you went 10 for 14 from three, like that's not going to happen every time. You can take 14 wide open shots every single game. You will generally not go 10 for 14 from three, but they did in a big spot when when it was necessary. They, you know, they both were making sense. And some of particularly white shots were like not easy threes. He, he took some pretty challenging ones and he was just knocking everything down. Um, so they they were absolutely yeah the the controlling factor of the game um, set the tone right from the start there both really particularly smart really good on doubling down on Bam so that he got like a little bit of a, a stretch in the third quarter where he looked okay but otherwise he looked pretty bad all game six turnovers yeah and, and both of them doing the job when they get switched on to to Jimmy because again like without a point guard out there Butler's playing a lot he's always going to be on ball a lot but he has to play like the entirety of the role. For some of these lineups they have and so he's picking on smart and white but when he's not focused on like using his size advantage particularly against white to score but he's like trying to get the offense set up and they're just trying to like get something run in the first eight seconds of the shot clock and stuff like that like it's much more comfortable i think for them to be like in that situation matched up against him than when it's like you know this is the end of the play and he's just being he's able to just use his size and his his foul grifting to get into white where it's like Derek white all defenses here, great defender, but sort of like last playoffs, like because of his size, he's the player that teams are trying to pick on because it's like, it's not a great option, but they don't have any other. And it's just difficult when it's like the team has somebody who's four inches taller and however many pounds heavier. And it's, it's the playoffs and you can just sort of bull guys over. But last night that they were just, they were so good. Like that, that's as good of a controlled performance as you can get from, from your backcourt basically in a playoffs short of having some superstar who goes off and scores 50 all on his own. Like that's just about perfect. And then Jalen yeah. also starts cold. I mean, yeah, that's back and, and right. That's sort of I think like, how, how good do you feel about him right now? Yeah. How much better do you feel about him? I mean, after it, that it obviously hasn't been great since it, you know, since it looks like he also picked up some amount of an injury and the game started very difficult for him just in the first few possessions. And then he made that, uh, he got the dunk and then I think made a three. And then from that point on, it was sort of much more normal what you would expect from him. Uh, and so it wasn't great. Like it wasn't any game that's going to stand out in his all time, you know, list of box scores or anything, but um shooting 50 percent is better than and making three threes when he had we had made three in the previous 25 shots or something right like um if whether that's he's feeling more healthy that he's recovering or whether it was just a good night and you know who who really knows um but i think the only problem <laughs> if i was Jalen, i would feel sort of aggrieved last night that i didn't shoot a single free throw uh because there were possessions in in the middle of that game where I think from a Celtics and a fan perspective, I was like, man, you got to stop forcing it there. You got to stop forcing it there when it seemed like he was a little bit out of control, but I'm also watching it going, boy, he's getting like hammered on some of these drives and not being able to get anything out of it. So to be able to balance that out with, with good shooting and um, you know, everybody on the team pretty well played good defense last night. So uh, feeling better than, than I had been. And, and hopefully it was, you know, it's a progression towards, towards better health. That's leading to that. And that will continue. He outscored Kayla Martin. I think that's going to be the Celtics are going to win game six and game seven. <laughs> He has to outscore Caleb Martin, and that happened last night. And honestly, the biggest thing I look at for Jalen right now is the turnovers. 
one in game four, one in game five. And it's, he's not, he's never going to be a big assist guy, but he is not giving the ball away. He's not running himself into trouble. Even Tatum did that to some degree last night for turnover, some really, you know, puzzling passes. 11 uh, assists though. 11 assists, exactly. So if you, you can, four turnovers is fine if you're giving out 11 assists. That's never going to happen with Jalen. So he has to, A, just try to be efficient. The, the threes are going to go down great. I agree with you on the, like the officiating last night. Like there's even one possession, I think, in the first quarter. Like Al Horford was literally being dragged down by Max Struess on like a box out. They didn't call it like, like they let a lot go last night. And so that wasn't a, I mean, uh, this stuff will be game to game, but it's a situation where, um, you know, it's at some point if they if they do call it, give less leeway in a game six. I think that will bode well for Jalen, given his aggressiveness getting in the room. But he's getting out in transition. He's running more. I think he's playing smarter. He's kind of reading the Miami defense well, not getting himself too far deep, not letting them take away his passing lanes before it's too late. And that's that's big for this team because they need they need him. They don't need him to be an all star. They just need him not to be a net negative in these games. I think to, to help them get get past her yeah well and we'll see they might need him to be an all-star in one of these these next True. two games um the other thing on the turnovers and on tatum because we i know we're wrapping up here we have only a few more minutes is like you can take four turnovers and 11 assists if the team as a whole only has nine turnovers right that's the right. other thing of it it's like he was playing that role he was being the playmaker in the game other than in the first few minutes where he looked like he might score 50 again then he settled way down in terms of scoring and was doing a lot more playmaking like there were a couple of bad turnovers in there but there were also a couple of really nice passes, a good controlled game in general. And because nobody else on the team was turning the ball over in some amount of it because he was sort of playing that role, uh, it allowed them to to once you know win the turnover battle, like the second game in a row where the Heat turned the ball over a lot. And again, maybe that's because they have no guards. Maybe that's because of the Celtics' intensity. Maybe that's because the Celtics made a bunch of threes at the beginning. And whenever that happens, they block shots and get steals the rest of the game. It's weird. Um, but you put all that stuff together and it's just like, uh, there's a, a recipe there where the Celtics are basically unbeatable this year where it's we know if they shoot 40% from three they're basically unbeatable but like if they shoot well from three and they don't turn the ball over like they just have too much talent in, in other everywhere else for anybody to like keep up with them scoring wise and so um, you feel like if they do that in two more games then, then they'll win the series will they well, we'll find out right <laughs> whether or not they're going to do that but, but um, yeah it's it was a good all-around effort. That's the other thing that I think maybe stands out is that it wasn't one. It wasn't a Jason Tatum goes and gets forty-six points to to save them or something like that. It was a, a game where pretty much everybody who played, um, other than Brogdon, who again has a completely understandable serious arm injury that he's apparently trying to you know play through here, everybody who took the floor for the Celtics I think contributed, and um, nobody looked overwhelmed or anything like that. They they you know they were all there and it was a real team effort again. All right. Well, let's wrap on this. What? All right, it's are we seeing a game seven? What's what's your feel going to Miami? How how does Vincent play into it? And what are you feeling from an odd standpoint? I mean, they're the better team, so they should win. They've been a great road team. They've been great in these elimination games for two years now. They're what eight and one in elimination games. Uh which that sounds I, right. if they win this series and it'll go to ten and one, like I can't imagine that there's any other teams that have gone ten and one in elimination games over a two year span because who the heck plays eleven elimination games in two years, right? Like <laughs> you're just if you're a good enough team where you can win that many games, you shouldn't have to play that many elimination games along the way. Only the weird Celtics team would do it. Uh I feel I feel, you know, better in this series than I guess I did after game five of the 76ers series. 
Wow. Um, I guess that makes sense, though, because based on the talent level. Yeah, I mean, the talent disparity, the fact that they won game five instead of lost game five. So there's just the recency bias of like, it feels like they're like they've got some things figured out. Uh, the the change to that or they, they, the reverse of that is that like the Heat don't give up. Like you do not. Ex- I They have not rolled over in any of these games, even when the Celtics were playing really well in these last two games and shooting really well. They, they just keep coming. They don't roll over. And with the 76ers, you feel like at any moment, particularly Embiid and Harden can just roll over and, and sort of give the game away. So with the Heat, you don't expect that to ever happen, uh, which is scary because it's you know one game for your season. So I think there will be a game seven. Um, it's it makes for the, the storyline is almost feels too good to to not happen. So I don't know where where are you at? You're you've been in the arena and around the team. How how do you feel about all of I the, I think all the, they feel confident. They've figured some stuff out, and I think that collectively across the board, they, you know took a look in the mirror, whatever you want to say. And, but I do think like they've kind of figured out a lot of the heat tricks. That's not to say that they, that some of them new ones won't pop up here in game six or game seven. But um, I think that's a part of a big part of the equation. And I don't know. I look at this series now. It, it just, I've brought this up where it reminds me a lot of the 2010 um, magic Celtic series from just a, like a matchup standpoint. And the, the difference between this series and that series is that, 2010 Celtics team is a lot better than this Heat team. And I think this Celtics team is a lot better than Magic team, but it was the same same script. Celtics went up 3-0. Magic fought back, took two games. Game six at home in Boston, a must win for them essentially in that series, and they, they got the job done. The Heat are in the same situation now going back home, and they they don't have the firepower that group has, and even though they do have some of the, the medal in the fight, so I'm a few. I think this goes back and then all bets are off for game seven. Yeah. And the Celtics won game seven in Miami last year. Um, wire to wire. I know famously Jimmy Butler almost won the game, but he didn't. And the Celtics controlled that entire game. So it's not like they haven't ever come into, into Miami and, you know, at the end of a series and, and been able to get the win and that heat team. Yeah. Particularly if, if Vincent is anything less than hundred uh, percent was a lot scarier than it feels like this one is right now. Of course, we got 10 seconds left here unless <laughs> they shoot 50% from three again. And then there's nothing, you know, then you just, it can happen and you just kind of hope it doesn't. Uh, and that the Celtics are able to, to get off onto a roll and, and be the better team again. All right, well, will be a hell of a time. Game seven Memorial day. We'll see if it happens. All right. Make sure you're following Ryan on Twitter at danger cart. And we'll be back with you guys later this weekend after game six.